Sometimes I feel that way. Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, we're going to be starting from the Gemara at the bottom of Pei Gimel Amid Aleph, and we're going to be learning a lot of Gemara. There's a lot of material to cover. We're going to be going toward the bottom of Daf Pei Dalet Amid Base. So we have quite a bit of learning to go. We're going to move at a pretty fast clip and try to uh, make those uh, who need the 930 available, of which I am one, to be able to make it. Uh, so here we go. Uh, we were speaking in our Mishnah on Pei Gimel Amid Aleph about a disease called Bulmus. Bulmus was a disease of hunger, and it led to blindness. So says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom, How did we know when he was able to see? What level of sight do you need? Well, we take vision tests all the time. What type of sight do you need? Says the Gemara, When his eyes are able to see the difference between some good food and some bad food. And then, Not only that, it was time as well. It appears that this disease also took away the capacity to taste, something that we're familiar with. Someone was sick with this uh, hunger disease. We would feed him the least severe form of isr that we could. So we have, you have to be like, you have to be holding cup. Like, look at this first example. Tevel unavela. You have untithed food and you have nevela. Instinctively, I would have eaten the nevela, right? I mean, I would have eaten the tevel. I mean, my first reaction yeah. is to eat the tevel. It's not shechted right, says the Gemara. Yeah, but tevel, you're chayv misibidei shamayim. And nevela, you're only chayv malko. So says the Gemara, halacha nevela. It's crazy. Could you imagine such a thing? Someone's starving, you're like, go to Burger King. It's unbelievable. Before you eat tevel, incredible. Tevel u shvis. What about two, two things like tevel and shvis? So there we eat the shvis because the shvis is an iser ase, different construct of iser, as opposed to tevel, which is an iser del raisa. What about tevel utruma? This is a big discussion. Tevel utruma, if the only foods that this person can eat to get them out of bulmus, to get them out of this disease, is tevel or truma, untithed food or truma, which is specific to a coin, tanoi, that's a machlokes. Titania, five lines from the bottom, pegiyam alamadav, the b'risa reads, machilin oso tevel and machilin oso truma. The Tanakhama says we give him tevel and not truma. Ben tema omer truma, velo tevel. That's the machlokes and the tanoi. Then comes along Rabba and makes a very, very strange statement. <clears throat> if you're able to eat regular food, everyone would then agree that that would be better. Really? <laughs> it's chulin. Of course it's better. So the Gemara is going to be bothered by Rabba's very strange categorization of this type of machlokas. Then the Gemara says, Kipligi, Rabba says, when do we have a machlokas below Efshar b'chulin? When we're not able to make food into chulin, mar savar tevel chamur, one says that the tevel is more severe, chai misi and mar savar truma chamur, one says that truma is chamur, which also has misi b'deshamayim. How do we distinguish between the two? Mar savar tevel chamur, aval truma chazi l'kohen, l'chol apachos, at least truma is mutter for somebody, right? It's mutter at least for the kohanim. It's not Categorically, us are like treif. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's just us are for for all all non kohanim. Umar sever truma chamur a wise truma worse because about tevel efshar lesakune by tevel as long as you can go through the process of tikkun you can make it mutter for everyone. So that's how Rabbah frames out this machlokas in our mishnah. Says the Gemara efshar bechulin Rabbah, what are you talking about? Obviously efshar bechulin that it would be mutter under those circumstances. Of course that would be the ideal way to feed this person who's sick. Says the Gemara pshita answers the Gemara lo tzricha The reason why we need this case is to teach us that on Shabbos one is allowed to do the tithe 
on Shabbos in order to remove the status of Tevel. Says Gemara, but Shabbos not mipshit the tiltul midrabanan who it's only nisr derabanan to do the tiltul uh, to do the activity of separating. Even though it's true, it's similar to makia bepatish or tikkun um, mana as we refer to it. So tikkun mana in this frame is only a din derabanan tikkun mana of an actual kli is nisr deraisa, but that's that's for sure nisr derab. But here it's only din derabanan. So let's let's do the nisr derabanan and feed him the food. That's much better. Says Gemara hacha b'maya skinan. What case were we dealing with? The whole subject was a din derabanan we were dealing with a case of, of tevel that grew inside a flower pot that had no hole in its bottom namely it wasn't uh, getting its sustenance from the ground itself only from that was exclusively limited to what was within the flower pot it let's it would be similar to a flower pot inside our homes because our homes are not made of dirt so therefore that that whole status is derabanan and then the real question was as follows if you had to do this and you still had to eat the whole food because that's how much food you needed to get out of your disease. Then Mar Savar Tevel Chamur, Mar Savar Chumur Chamur. Under those circumstances, some would say the Tevel was more Chamur, and some say the Chumur was more Chamur. Just remains a Machlokas Tanoim. Now, this idea that you need to do Meiser, which seems to be implied from our Gemara that says that even on Shabbos you can do the Meiser, that itself is subject to Machlokas Tanoim. Five lines down, Pegim Lamed Beis, Lema Tanoihi, Titania Mishanash Chonachash. If a person, person God, for, God forbid, gets bitten by a snake, so then what do we do? Koran Lo Rofem, Makam Makam, you hop on your phone, any Malachas to get a doctor, you tear open a tarnagolas and put it on top of the wound, the medicine of the day, who goes as a Noah's accretion, you can uproot leaks from the ground and put it on top of the wound, you can feed him whatever he needs, we see here the Rebbe does not require Meiser under those emergent circumstances, whereas in our Mishnah, it seemed to be the case that we do require Meiser, and this Brisa, that's all Shita number one, Shita number two in the Brisa with the with the snake bite says, Rebbe Elazar, Bereb Shimon Omer, Lo Yeachel Ah, so therefore, says the Gemara, name a Rebbe Elazar Bereb Shimon Hivul Rebbe. Maybe our Mishnah is like this second sheet by the case of the snake bite, where we do say that you have to do Meiser, and it can't be like Rebbe who says that there is no Meiser that doesn't fit with our Mishnah. So says the Gemara, no, if you tell Rebbe, we could even make our Mishnah fit like Rebbe. Why? Because the Machlokas of Rebbe and Rebbe Elazar Bereb Shimon in regards to the snake bite was unique. Ad Kamokama Rebbe Hasam, the only time Rebbe. Uh, said what he said that there doesn't need to be meiser by the snake bite case is elalinian meiser yerek derabanan. That's only where we're talking about vegetables and the vegetables of the meiser on vegetables is a din derabanan. About the meiser dagon the tevel do raisahu. But when it comes to meiser dagon, which is what our Mishnah is talking about, that's how we get out of this disease of bulmus. You have to actually eat grain. So then, because there, because the tevel is do raisa, filu rebbe that if we were to have allowed a person to eat food out of an atzit she'enunaku without meiser. Then we'd be concerned that we'd also be concerned that they would also do so out of a container that has a hole in the bottom. That's a big problem because that's Tevel Doraisa at that point because it's connected to the ground. And therefore, uh, even Rebbe would agree in our case that we would require Meiser. Therefore, there's no stira between the two cases. And that therefore, that's the conclusion. It seems to be the case that if you, according to this Tana at least, that if you were to have uh, Tevel and Truma, so the, the Tana who holds you out, you're allowed to eat the, the, the Tevel. You have to first do Meiser on the Tevel. That would be the better food to eat. Truma, you have to leave. All right, we're one-third of the way down. More about this uh, disease, this hunger disease that leads to uh, the inability to see. So the halacha is, or the suggestion of the Gemara is, I should say, get the guy a tray of candy. Wonderful idea. Give him some sweets. This makes a person be able to see again. Where do we know this from? Says the Gemara. Even though we don't have a categorical proof, we have a good mention of it. And this is from a Pasuk and Shmuel. The Pasuk reads, I'm now able to see because I tasted some of this honey. Says the Gemara, well, 
why did you say it's a beautiful raya says the Gemara well if we're being if we have academic integrity we'll recognize that that pasuk is not speaking about our disease and that's what the Gemara says that case where he was eating the sweets and he was now able to see better it was a sugar rush but it wasn't a solution to a medical problem he was just eating eating sweets good good for him all right the only time that the sweets work, this is the Gemara to show little kids. The only time that the sweets work is after you eat your meal. But if you were to eat the sweets before your meal, it wouldn't help you. First of the very long lines, it's halfway down, because the Pasuk says, they found an Egyptian in the field, they brought him to David, they brought him bread and he ate, and they gave him water to drink, and after he ate his meal and drank water, then they gave him some sweets, they gave him some pressed figs, and two clusters of raisins. And then he got all better. Uh, he hadn't eaten for three days. So when do we see the effect of the sweets? Only after the meal. So that's Abayi's qualification. If you have bulmos, eat the sweets, but only eat it after you eat a meal. Says the Gemara, three lines into the wide lines, another story. If a person were to have this disease of bulmos, this is gewaldic, a sheep's tail, a fatty sheep's tail, dipped in honey. Mm. Sounds like some of the beef jerky we had on Shabbos. We'll have some for our seum. I hope nobody has the disease. We should just have it as a luxury. No bulmus, just to Aliyah Bidvash. I'll ask our, uh, our caterer. She's, <laughs> we're not doing this one on our own. A person could even take flour, fine flour with honey that would also help for the disease of bulmus. Even, the, even an inferior type of grain like, uh, like barley flour with... Uh, with honey, that would work as well. More stories. Once at once, he said that he was uh, gripped by this disease of Vulmus. And I went to the eastern side of the tree. That with my wisdom, I was able to keep my life. What does it mean going to the east side of the tree? Why? The Tani Rav Yosef, five lines into the wide lines, two thirds of the way down. You want to eat a better flavored Te'ina, uh, better flavored date. You should go to the east side of the tree. Going to that side of the trees because the sun has a better, a better hit over there. It's an interesting, I don't know why that's true. Why would that be true? The sun rises for six hours going up from the eastern sky to the center point. And then for the next thing, I don't know why this seems to be from the, the Gemara that it's a stronger sun rising in the east and it makes, or maybe it's not stronger, it just makes the food ripen at, a, at an appropriate rate. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi were traveling together. And Rabbi Huda got sick. And and he saw a shepherd and he literally cleaned out his bread cabinet. He ate all of the bread. You, uh, you took this, you tore this guy apart. You took everything that belonged to him. And then uh, the story continues. When they got to the city, the other one got the disease of Bulmos. And then at that point, they gave him jugs and they gave him platters of honey and sweets and everything. So I'm like, Rabbi Huda, you were making fun of me. I thought Kipach this here. You pillaged the whole city of all of their food. I don't don't have a tie on me. You, you got everything out of them. The suet. The whole I, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is a shvach argument because you need you need to do what you need to do. It's life and death. You don't mess around. Bulmus is a dangerous disease. The suit of Meir, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yossi. This time we add in Rav Meir. The three of them were together. They were traveling together. Rav Meir bishma. Rav Meir, when he would meet someone, he would hear his name and he would make a decision about the person from his name. So here's what happened. Uh, oh, and Rav Yehuda, Rav Yossi, lo bishma. But then the two of them, Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi, they would not analyze a person's name when they met. So kimatu they got to a city. 
They requested, where is an inn that we can stay? And they gave him an address to go stay at this hotel down the block. They said, the three rabbis said to him, what is your name? The one man said to the three rabbis, the innkeeper, he said, my name is Kidor. Omar of Meir says, and it said, Shmamin Adam Roshahu. This guy is not Kishmak. Shinemar Kidor Tapu Chosema, because the Pasuk says Kidor was a Tapu Chosema. That's not good. So he made a deal. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Yossi, Ashlimu Lekisayu. And Rabbi Huda Rabbi Yossi, they were much more trusting. They gave over their wallets for uh, for Kidor to hold. Rabbi Meir, Lo Ashlam Lekisay. Rabbi Meir is like, ah, I don't know. I'm making an inference about this guy's name, and he is not getting my wallet because Kidor, kidor Tapu Chosema. He looks into the name. So then Azal Osve Be Kibre so I guess they buried uh, the dead nearby. The father of the innkeeper was buried, buried nearby. So Rav Meir put his money. He, 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 he buried it. Osve He buried it by the grave. Osve. His father. It must have been Shabbos. They couldn't keep it out. There Shabbos. Yeah, but he didn't bury it. He buried yeah, the purse buried by this person's father's grave. Yeah. Of course, he had to get rid of it. So. But it says he osve bekivreis. It looks like he placed it. No. What does it say there? Yeah, yeah. By the grave, he placed his purse. By the by grave the of the person's father. Yeah. That was what was in my head. If it didn't come out of my mouth, <laughs> sorry. But what did I say? That I that he buried it? No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Actually, look in the box. The box has the keeper. He did bury it. Keeper, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you have to you have to hide it somewhere. They gave it to him to put it in his. Oh, that's the Oskatan base here. The mayor needed to put it somewhere. Yeah, Bikada. He put it in a pitcher and buried it. Yeah, but from the Gemara, it just seems Kiosve, he placed it there, just from the text of the Gemara. Either way, he put it in a, near the um, near the burial place of the innkeeper's father. And then he then Kidor had a dream that night. Tashakil Kisa, go get the money, which is right next to the head of this guy, referencing himself, the dead person's talking to his son in the dream. The next day, the innkeeper said, Omar Louis said to the rabbi, This is what I saw in my dream. When you have a dream, Mimasha. When you have a dream on Friday nights, those dreams are not so are not reliable. He stayed there all day on Shabbos and he watched his uh, purse all day to make sure that no one would take it because it was out in the, out in the, out in the cemetery. But I say after Shabbos, he brought it back home. So on the next day, Rameir was the one who had his money. Rabbi Hudan Rabbi Yossi said to Kidor, where's my money? I never took your money. What are you guys talking about? Why didn't you look at his name and see that his name wasn't a Geshmak name? If you're worried about it, say something out loud. What do you just get, get this whole idea stuck in your head that you and you you acted on it, but you didn't you didn't say anything to us about it. I'm just saying that there's what to be concerned about. I'm not saying there's a chazaka miyamre that he's such a terrible person. I'm just saying it's a it's a derech to look into a person's name. I'm sure this is more sophisticated than just the pasuk of kidor tapuchosema because I'm sure everybody's name in one context or another isn't great. <laughs> you know, there's psukim that you could find that aren't always so good. Okay, anyways, so he didn't want to give back his money. So they ended up uh, getting him to, to come to the restaurant to drink a little bit. And Chazu, when they got inside, it was a little bit brighter. And Chazu, they saw that there was some food on his mustache. And it was like a lentil soup type of food. And then they got this brilliant idea. Oh, so they went and they met with his wife and said, now we have a simon to speak to his wife. So they went to the wife and they said, listen, we just met with your husband. And by the way, as a simon that he that you should know that he sent us, we know that you had lentils for dinner. 
because otherwise how would he have known? And then they got their money back. And then right after they got their money back, this guy woke up from his stupor. And he killed his wife. So it says the Gemara, this is what the Brisa means. That if a person's not careful with washing Mayim Rishonim, that's in Tilas Yadayim. And if you're in a place where they distinguish the food that they give you based on whether or not you wash. So if you skip in the Tilas Yadayim, then the kosher food doesn't come to you, then you get Chazer. And Mayim Achronim Hargu Esan Nefesh. And had this guy washed Mayim Achronim, right? The Meforshim say, when you wash Mayim Achronim, you're also supposed to wipe off your face. You're supposed to clean off your mustache, look normal, look put together. So this guy clearly didn't do Mayim Achronim, and that's Hargu Esan Nefesh. So this is, of course, a big push for those who wash Mayim Achronim. Afal Peter's a machlok has supposed within the Ashkenazim of whether or not it's Mechuyav. Fine. Sheet is in the Ramon, Shulchan Aruch. But nevertheless, that's what is quoted here in the Gemara. Ula Vesof, and finally, Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yossi, they finally agreed to Rav Meir's concern about names. Ula Vesof, they were finally concerned about names. Besa uh, then they ended up going to this particular house, and the person's name was Bala. They wouldn't even go inside. They learned from him, and they saw that the Pasuk says it has the word Bala, and the same Pasuk as Neufim, those who are adulterers. So obviously that's not Kishmak. <clears throat> so they finally learned a lesson from Rav Meir, and they started to be concerned about names. Three lines from the bottom of the page. Two dots. A person gets bitten by a, a crazy dog. There are five things that are said about this dog. His mouth is always open. And his mouth always drools. His ears are bent over. His tail rests on his leg. He doesn't walk in the middle of the road. He walks on the sides of the roads. And a possible next one. That he barks, but it's not a bark that anyone can actually hear. Does it mean total silence? Does it mean quiet? Not clear from the Gemara. How does this dog become? Come crazy. So Ravam Nashim Women who are practicing incantations, they practice on the dog. We don't want to practice on the kids. We'll practice on the neighbor's dog. And then the dog gets a little bit crazy. Shmuel Amar, no, it has nothing to do with that. Ruach Ra Shore Alav. This dog has a Ruach Ra that is Shorana. That's why it has all of these uh, strange symptoms. My who what's the difference between whether or not we assume that the dog was a little bit of a shota because of Kashfanios Mesacha Kosbo, that he had these incantations put on him, or Ruach Ra? The difference is Ikabinai would turn into the top whether or not we kill the dog by throwing something from far as opposed to killing it with one's bare hands. And the latter opinion of Shmuel on the very bottom of in the middle of the line, he said it's Rach Rab, that's a Raila Dabar, you shouldn't touch the animal, you should kill the animal from afar. If the, the dog brushes by you, you might be endangered. If he bites you, you're going to be killed. If he rubs against you, that you're going to get uh, endangered. What does that mean? What should you do? Take off your clothes and run. Bolt. Get away from that animal. Okay. There was one particular case where, where a rabid dog brushed up against him. He took off his clothes and ran. I fulfilled the Pasuk. That because of my wisdom, I was able to maintain my own life. Fine. You take off your clothes and run. There's another example of this by Shatnas. If you realize that you're wearing Shatnas, take off your clothes. You take off your... Okay, how much clothes do you take off? Okay, that's a good question, but uh, nevertheless. What happens if you get bit by the dog and says you're going to die? How do we get out of that? Ten lines down. You should take the skin of a type of an animal that's called a polecat, a male polecat, and you should write on the skin as follows. Okay, this is not, uh, not, not practical medical advice, okay? Everybody ready? 
You should write as follows. Anaplanya bar Palnisa. My name is my name, Ben, my mother's name. And Amashcha de Apa, I'm writing on the skin of a polecat, Dichra, that's male, Ksivnalach, that I'm writing to you. Kanti Kanti Kalirus. So obviously, this would be normative medicine that you'd find on like WebMD when you start Googling mm-hmm. things after you get bit by a rabid dog. The Amrila, some say the incantation was slightly different, not that the first one was, was well understood. Kandi Kandi Klurus, Ka Ka Hashem Tsevakos Amen Amen Sela. That is how one should get rid of the dog bite concern. However, we're not done yet. First of the long lines, so you should take off your clothes and bury them for up to 12 months. Then you should take it out. And you should burn it in an oven. You should spread around the ashes at a, at a crossroads. And during these 12 months of the year, after you've been bitten by that dog, when you drink water, you should not drink water unless it's through a copper straw. We'll see the material isn't ma'akev. We'll see in a moment. But that's why, uh, that, that is what one should do. Dilma, because if you don't and you're drinking the water directly, maybe you'll see the shadow, you'll see the shadow of the shade that is near you, that is around you now, and you will become in danger. This is exactly what happened to Abba Bar Marta, who Abba Barmin Yumi is the same person. Abdullah his mother made him a golden straw. So now you know the kids in school who bring a little straw with them in their lunch bag, they were bitten by a rabid dog. And that seems to be what exactly what happened back. So first of all, straws are not new. Okay, the technology is old. And it was used at times when one was bitten by a dog because we were afraid of the, uh, of the shading that were connected to this. I don't know what any of this means other than reading the words to you, but uh, very interesting story. Says, what? Would you do? What? Practically, what would you do? If I got bitten by a dog that had all five of these simanim, I would do what I normally do and don't drink water. It seems to only be by water. It doesn't say, it doesn't say specifically water. I don't know if it's true by other liquids. Yeah, I think it's right. I, anything I think that's reflective. You'll see the shadow. It, if, you're, if you have a cup like this, you'll see the shadow and shade. If you have a long straw, you're not looking. No, that I understand. I'm saying is it true about other liquids also? Coke, Diet Coke, you know. You can't really see a shadow. I can't see. So Bahari should be drinking more soda. That's exactly what the uh, inference of the Gemara is. Banning fish and drinking Coke. It's a, it's a good start to the day. One third of the way down. Let's continue. At the two dots. That's an important line of the Gemara. We'll come back to this soon. We learned about this without its name on the previous Amud. It was referenced in our Mishnah, which was some type of, of mouth illness. So So he went to a particular uh, woman in the community who knew what she was talking about. And of the lame Milsa, and she helped him with some kind of medication on Thursday and Friday. Amar lo, he said to her, B'Shabbos, what should I do on Shabbos? Amar le, lo tzrichas, you're not going to need it. And he's like, okay, but if, if I'm still in pain, what should I do? So I want you to make a promise to me, Rav Yochanan, that you're not going to say anything. So fine. Here was his language of, of his promise. I will not reveal it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Nafak Darsha Bapirkai. He went right out right out of the room and gave Shear on the topic and said, by the way, if you ever have this disease, this is exactly the formula of what you're supposed to do. We'll learn what the formula is momentarily. He seemingly broke the Shvua. So it says he's a big tzaddik. What are you talking about? You can't just break a shvua. So, so what? You can't break a shvua. You made a shvua. It's a lush and shvua. So it says the Gemara, 
it's a great. He said, I, I only made the promise to a Kodesh Baruch Hu, but the people are not, they're not a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So says the Gemara, such a beautiful line. Come on. That's not right. That's not right. People are watching you. You're a Talmud Chacham. Anyone who wears a kippah, you're a Talmud Chacham. And every last blessed thing that we do in public is scrutinized. So, okay, fine. You got out of the halachos of Shavua, but you didn't get rid of the Chilol Hashem of the Shavua. So says the Gemara, <clears throat> No, no, no. He spoke it out with her before he went public. As if that's actually how to understand this piece of Gemara. Anyways, either way, uh, he shared it with her knowledge. My Avdale, my uh, what did she do for him? What was the actual medication that she made? So a bit of a machlokas. Or the water in which yeast sits, shemen zayis oil, umelach and salt. It wasn't the water of yeast, it was yeast itself. So or gufe, shemen zayis umelach with oil and with salt. Rabashi Amar, no, Mishcha de Gadfa de Avza. It was the fat of a wing of an avza, of a duck or of a goose, some type of small bird. I tried all of these different iterations, different medications. It did not work. Until somebody gave me a little bit more detail. Well, here's what you should do. Take everything that we said above. I see kashyasa disease. So you should take out the pit from a zayas, from an olive. The low malutilsa that is not yet a third developed. And you should burn it in a fire with imra chadata, with a new garden hoe. Because of course, again, normative medicine in their day is not what we're used to. Whole different world. <coughs> you should take the results of it and you should stick it up against your gums. And I tried that and it did work. How do you get this disease of Safdina in the first place? If you eat wheat that's way too hot, just saying, the Gemara says, if you eat fish that's a day old, it's bad for you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Herring is good. You got this Mefura and and the Yuma. Stop with the herring. <laughs> Says the Gemara, my Simone, what were the symptoms that a person might have had? That when he, he was eat something his, uh, by his gums, there would be a lot of blood. Fine. Rav Yochanan, two-thirds of the way down, a little bit more. Rav Yochanan, ki when he was sick with Tzavdina, avad hachi and he did this even on Shabbos, and it was, uh, and it was considered, uh, he was healed. So he, he violated Shabbos. Rav Yochanan hechi abirachi. How could he have done that? Says the Gemara because it was dangerous. Somewhere Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak shiny tzafdina hole maskel bepev gomer bivne meayim. It moves throughout the body. It's a disease that, uh, that that moves around and it can be very dangerous. Amar le Rav Chia bar Abba le Rav Yochanan keman. Who is he holding like an hour Mishnah? Must be must be Kirav Masya ben ben Charosh. The Amar because he says hachoshesh befiv matilin lo sam b'shabbos. You're allowed to take a medication on Shabbos, not sam a medication. You can even be mechal Shabbos. So that seems to be permissible. Ten lines from the bottom. Amar le here the Chachamim agree here is a little hard language to understand without the Mephorshim with this the Chachamim agree with Rav Masya in regards to the Choshesh <coughs> they are concerned about this he disagrees with Rav Masya with Rav Masya in other areas maybe this will support the following Misha a person has that is going to come up literally right now Exactly right. Maybe this matches up with the following source. That a person who was sick with jaundice, you can give him donkey meat, which is, was apparently a commonplace uh, solution. It's so interesting. Nowadays, jaundice happens all the time. Feed babies, get them to go to the bathroom as much as possible, give them some vitamin D. I've done brisses for families that were wrapped in LED blankets. 
and he, it wasn't LED, it was some type of, of heating lamp that you bring home. I've only seen it one or two times. One family wanted to get their bris on time. The accounts were too high. The doctors would not let them have a bris. So we started the whole thing. Maybe we can get a blanket so the bris could be on time. We asked, I asked a bunch of Shilas and I was told, stop, wait till the baby comes down on his own. Don't go crazy. That's okay. We'll push off the bris until the baby's healed. The kachava. But back in the day, they ate basar chamor. Unbelievable. If a person were to have been bitten by a crazy dog, from one of its own liver lobes, that would have been normal. Like Hirsch was saying, that was his own shita. The Chachamim Omrim, vaguely, which we don't know what it means, these don't have refua. These don't have refua. What were you excluding? Aren't you excluding our case, which says that when you're choshesh befiv, that matilin no sam, says the Gemara, and therefore there'll be a kash on Rabbi Yochanan, because Rabbi Yochanan would have no one to rely upon, because at least not the Chachamin. So it says the Gemara, we're talking about a case um, where one is being makizdam, they're bloodletting to avoid a disease which would cause for asphyxiation, which would cause for choking, the srunki, it was some type of uh, throat disease. It says the Gemara, that it should be the case that it's mutter to take this medication that Rav Yochanan took on Shabbos because of the disease that was in his mouth of Sfidna. There are three things. At the Brisa says that Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi heard from Ramasya ben, ben Kharash. Makiz and Damna Surun Khibishabis. This was the bloodletting for the sake of this choking disease. And if someone gets bit by a dog, then he is allowed, we should feed that person from a lobe of that animal's liver. And there too, So again, the same question again on a similar price. What are you, what are you excluding here? My love, Don't you think the last two are what you are saying is okay, but to exclude the, the first one? So it says, no, we're saying that, uh, the, that they're, that the first two are the ones that are Right. The first two are fine, and the last one is, is not fine. But still, Rabbi Yochanan was allowed to use this medication. Top of Pedalatim and Beis. Oh, we're going to make it. Okay, good. Uh, so it says the Gemara, Top of Pedalatim and Beis, Tashma, Detani, Rabba Bar Shmuel, Ubra Shehiricha. Hold on one second, says the Gemara. We learned the other day that if a woman who's pregnant smells a uh, the smell of a food, a very strong smell, a desire that she needs to eat on Yom Kippur, so she should eat until she feels that she's satiated or whatever Tashuv Nafsha means that it was just enough food. Here too, we see the quote that if a person gets bit by a dog, that we should feed them from one of the lobes of its liver. Here too, we see the same thing. And there too, the Chachamim Omrim, Bezu Veloba Acheres, it's the third brisa that references this. So we have to really understand this well. Says the Gemara, Bizu, when the Chachamim said, Bizu, Ahaya, what was that talking about? Where did the Chachamim agree, but, uh, agree with? If you want to say it's talking about a woman smelling food, that's Pshita. Everyone agrees that when it comes to a woman who is uh, crazed by this smell that we feed her, absolutely we do. It must be that when he was saying, Bizu, that the Chachamim agreed with her, Masya ben Chorosh, it must be that it was talking about the case of the sound, the medication for the mouth disease, and therefore of Yochanan was appropriate and right to take this medication, Shmamino. 
We're 10 lines down. Let's continue. This actually matches up with our Mishnah because it says, He quotes his Shita that he says it's permissible to take this medica- medication and there's no bar plukta. If you really thought the Chachamim were going to say something, they should have said something. Then just open your mouth and say something. No one's ever been bashful and shas about sharing their opinions. Share it over here. Shmamino must be that it's in fact the case that everyone agrees that when it comes to this drug that one has to take, you're, uh, you're burning things and you're, uh, okay, the oils, everything you're doing is mutter and mutter when it comes to this disease of the mouth. Says the So the Mishnah was very articulate. It says that it's a Safek Nefashos. And then it adds that a Safek Nefashos is mutter to be done on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Why does the Gemara have, Mishnah have to be so explicit to say, quote, the whole Safek Nefashos doches Shabbos? That's so obvious. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, because lo Safek Shabbos zu vilvad omnu. Ela afilu Safek Shabbos acheres. Even if we're not talking about today's Shabbos, it's Saturday morning. Today is Lav Dafka going to be a Sakana Snefashos. But next Shabbos might be life and death. Sakana, just a maybe. It's a suffix. What's the case? Hey, Chidami, first of the long lines, one third of the way down, Pedal Adam Abbas. Hey, Chidami, Kigon Yomi. They gave him eight days. And the first day was Shabbos, and the last day is going to be Shabbos. Maybe we should say, let's wait until Motse Shabbos. This way will only violate one Shabbos. No. No, if there's any element of suffering, even though today is not your day of risk, but day eight is your day of risk, which is also a Shabbos, the next Shabbos, Kamash Malon, that we violate even this Shabbos in order to ensure that person's safety. The Bryce writes the same thing. We, 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 warm up hot, we warm up water on Shabbos, the Chol of a Shabbos. So whether or not, whether it's for him to drink, or whether or not it's to give him some strength and to give him some, uh, to, to wash him, whatever it is. And the Bryce says explicitly like our answer, not just this Shabbos, even for another Shabbos. We're not going to say, uh, maybe he'll heal. If it's everything is over, you're Machal Shabbos. This cannot be done by people who are outside of the faith. Jews themselves should do it. They can do the malacha straight up, no problem at all. You don't need any messengers. There's a big machlok as we showed them how to understand this. Some say that women are excluded from being able to determine what is pikuach nafashas. The ritva doesn't understand that way. Look at the words. The words have a double negative. We should not say some say it's not that way. The women should definitely be included. Of course they should. But one way or the other, they're included in uh, in a second opinion. If there needs to be a second opinion, this goes back to the other day. This first one we're talking about is do it yourself because you can't trust anybody else. Alpi is where they're saying they have a problem, where they're saying there will be a medical problem. First one is they should do the action. That you should drive to the hospital. The okay. Second the second one is saying, who, do we listen? Do we listen to her? Exactly. Correct. They correct. Right. 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 Correct. That we, we want. Do we listen to her? Now that's a machlokas. We should how to understand this line of the Gemara. 
the Ritva understood uh, the way that makes more sense in our in our in our world. I don't know what the other version was, uh, not very well at least. Fine. That brings us to the two dots. We, uh, to, that brings us to Tana Rabbanon halfway down. We have a little bit more time. Let's get down a little bit closer to the bottom of the page, and then we'll stop. Tana Rabbanon. We said Mefachin Pikuach Nefesh Peshabbos. We can Mefachin Esagal was our Mishnah that. Uh, you can move things around, whatever is necessary on Shabbos. And the further, the faster you move, the better. You're not from for waiting. If there's an emergency or a suffix of an emergency, you instantly turn a corner and you break Shabbos laws right and left as needed. You don't need, you don't need to be frivolous. You don't need to take advantage. You just need to do exactly what needs to be done, but don't hesitate. I remember taking out Salakal in NYU, and I remember uh, some guy uh, reached for the light switch on Shabbos with his elbow, and someone Someone smacked his elbow and flipped up the light switch. It was Mamash this Gemara. Hareza Meshubach. Stop messing around. There's people's lives on the line. This is not the time to be from, or I should say, this is the time to be from, and you should be, be Michal Shabbos. That is the mitzvah. Hareza Meshubach. Don't run to the rabbi's house. Do whatever you need to do. Kate said, what's the case? A child falls into the water. So then immediately, put a cast a net. The Hareza of Azariz Hareza Meshubach. Wonderful, you did good. And you're going to even trap some fish. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, one's, no one should be thinking about that at this point in time. It's an emergency. Another case. We're going to ask why we need more than one case. A child falls down into a pit. So, you can take out the rim of the pit. This was Nisra Darais, as we'll see in a moment. The faster you move, the better. Even though that when you pulled out the rim, you created a step, which was a, it's bone, you're not allowed to do that. But by pulling out the ring, the ring was sitting on a on a on an indentation in the ground. So when you pulled it out, you created a step type of system. Is there Daraisa? Don't even think about it. Third case. Rosh and You saw that a, a door was broken. Excuse me. You saw that a child was locked inside a room. Shovra umotzio. You break the door down. Just plow right through. The Azar is a raise of work quickly. You don't have to ask anybody. Even if you're planning to break it in a way where the wood should be used later for a firewood, right? So, okay, that's fine. We don't care. Next case, you can sometimes extinguish and you can always prevent fire from tra- transferring from one place to another. Good for you, put out the fire. You don't have to ask. Even if you're going to be smoothing out what is in front of you for later use for burning, doesn't make a difference. Still, that might be an issue, but we overlook that. Why all of these cases? Because if we would have only had the case of the water, because the water flows and the child would move with the water. Therefore, we would assume you would have had to move. Therefore, you should do the issue of trapping. No, there the child is sitting at the bottom. He's not going anywhere. So there we might have said, you should not violate Shabbos. Therefore, we added that case to ensure that you should know that even if, as long as they're unreachable, they're in a pit of any kind, you can be Michal Shabbos. And you might say that a pit, a pit can be very scary. The fact that a child locked the door on you, he could be sitting on the other side of the door laughing at you that you're freaking out. He's fine. She's fine. He'll be sitting on the other side of the door. He's playing with a game of uh, Parcheesi, the happiest kid in the world. He doesn't need anything. Doesn't make a difference. The door's locked, you break in. Um, is that right? Yeah, we're going to stop right here at Sricha. All right, we got a lot done. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up tomorrow night with Daf Pei Hey, and then only a couple nights left. Thursday night, Siyum at Mark's house. The uh, link to sign up is alldaf.org slash Siyum. Everyone should please sign up. You do not need to pay, but we do need you to sign up because there's only a maximum number of seats. Kol HaKodem Zoha. Wishing you all a beautiful night.
This Thursday, 8 p.m. This Thursday, 8 p.m. A little earlier. Maybe a copy, maybe a 